Good morning. It's March 16th. Welcome to Doing Life, daily devotions for finding peace in stressful times. This is the audible companion to the book of the same name. Today's title is Deep Breath. Unteachable from infancy to tomb, there is the first and main characteristic of mankind. Winston Churchill, May 21, 1928. In my experience, there are three ways to react to a perceived crisis. One, you can hide your head in the sand and hope it goes away. Two, you can panic and in doing so engender panic in those around you. Or three, you can ascertain the facts. Personally, I think the latter most is a good idea. When, for instance, you are told by every possible form of media that you are in the midst of a viral pandemic, you can choose any of these responses. If you flew to rural Alaska last week and decided to camp along a riverbank for the next three months, you can safely put yourself in group one. If you now have a garage that's packed to the ceiling with toilet paper, bottled water, and hand sanitizer, such that your cars are now both exiled to the driveway, you can safely count yourself in group two. If, however, you ignored social media, only referred to reliable sources such as the CDC and the NIH, and took the time to learn a little history, then you can take a deep breath, plan on going to work tomorrow, and safely put yourself in Group 3. We attended our North Dallas megachurch online yesterday. Because we complied with the local government request that groups of over 500 not congregate. It was different but still an effective hour of learning and worship. When I arrived home, I received an email link to a historical review of pandemics, put together by Nicholas Lapan and published online at visualcapitalist.com on March 14, 2020. There is an excellent article on how diseases spread and how scientists have improved their understanding of the mathematics involved in both recording and predicting transmission rates and geographic expansion. The history of pandemics is perhaps germane to taking that deep breath we spoke of above, especially in a time when people would think it better not to breathe in at all. Certainly the plague or black death, as it was called in the mid-14th century, takes the prize for the most horrific infectious disease process known to man, with estimates of 200 million deaths. The same guilty party, the rat-borne bacteria Yersinia pestis, was also responsible for the 30 to 50 million deaths of the Justinian plague in the mid-6th century. Of the 16 pandemics that have killed over 100,000 people, there are only nine known to have killed over a million worldwide, and by far the next biggest contenders after the plagues were the New World smallpox outbreak beginning in the early 16th century that took at least 55 million, and the Spanish flu outbreak of 1919 that claimed 50 million. HIV-AIDS has probably killed over 35 million. True, seasonal influenza kills 600,000 people every year worldwide, but the viral outbreaks that seem to cause panic, other than the eradicated smallpox, include swine flu, SARS, Ebola, MERS, and now COVID-19. And at the time of this writing, these have killed roughly 250,000 people combined. At publication in fall 2021, over 650,000 had died of or with COVID-19 in the USA. Certainly the things that an advanced society can do to protect the elderly, those with underlying heart and pulmonary disease, and the immune suppressed 
should be instituted, perhaps even taking draconian measures like many of the world's nations have now done, including the USA, to blunt the curve of the inevitable spread of coronavirus-19 in order to maximize efficient use of facilities and equipment like respirators could even make sense. However, terrorizing people via the traditional media as well as social media with dire predictions of apocalyptic outcomes and government failure is both irresponsible and dangerous. The end of the worlders will buy all the toilet paper, bottled water, and ammunition for sure. But panic spreads in societies much faster than viruses, and panic can cause people to make really poor decisions that truly damage our economy, our governments, and the very structure of our society. Winston Churchill didn't actually say, keep calm and carry on, although his face appeared famously on a poster in the 70s, produced long after World War II, but there is no question he would have approved of the sentiment. Keeping calm can be difficult for everyone in a crisis, but at least Christians have the Bible to turn to, also known as B period I period B period L period E period, or basic instructions before leaving earth. In it, you will find an example of how to deal with life-threatening pressure without panicking. There's this guy see named Jesus Christ who even knew while growing up that he was destined to die a horrific death on a cross before he reached his 35th birthday. Read the Gospels. Read Paul's epistles. Is there ever a moment when you saw him panic? Well, why not? It sure seems like he had more reason to than most. He never panicked because he had complete and utter trust in his Father. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. John 6, 38. I and the Father are one. John 10.30 My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Matthew 26.39 We need never panic, because we have the indwelling Holy Spirit, and we have the Word as a guide. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1.1 1, 1. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all that I have said to you. John 14:26. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. John 14:17. Whoever dwells in the shadow of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Psalm 91, 1. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Proverbs 3, 5. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Psalm 56, 3. We can act sensibly in an effort to secure the health of our families and those with whom we come in contact, but we can also use our heads be cognizant of the past, calm in the present, and hopeful for the future. And we can trust in the God who gave us his Son, and promise that, quite frankly, it will all work out in the end. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you that you gave us the intelligence to deal with the challenges we face unexpectedly in this life, and the certain knowledge that you are sovereign, and our faith is the rock on which we stand. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow.